This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Research shows teenage drivers have a higher risk of fatal crashes. Should states toughen up the rules for teen licensing? And what role do parents and educators play? It's really about the brain development that's problematic here. We know that that brain is not fully developed yet, and so teens don't assess risk the same way. Then, victims of stalkers can suffer in many ways, especially when the victims are young. But defining actual stalking behavior among teens isn't always easy. The question is, what behaviors are necessary to constitute stalking, and how many times does it have to happen? So there's no clear way to say, this is stalking and this is not stalking. Those two stories and much more are straight ahead on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. When teenage drivers are behind the wheel of a car, statistics show they have a higher than average risk of injury or death. What can be done to improve the odds? Joining us on behalf of the Governor's Highway Safety Association is consultant Pam Fisher, who authored a recent report on teen driving. Pam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So before we get to the results of your study, tell us what you were looking at. Well, we wanted to take a big snapshot, if you will, of teen-involved fatal crashes over the past decade. What's been happening? Are we seeing any changes in those numbers? Are we seeing any differences between younger teens versus older teens, as well as any difference between male and female teens? So we kind of dove into the data, if you will, for 10 years and really wanted to try to answer some questions related to this to really get a sense of, are we making progress? And what were the findings? Well, what we absolutely found is that for the past decade, we've seen the fatality numbers coming down. Fewer teens have been involved in fatal crashes, and that's great news. I mean, it's a significant drop across the nation. However, when we dig a little deeper into the data, what we find is that when we segment it by younger teens, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, and older teens, those 18 to 20-year-olds, the older teens didn't do so well as the younger teens. And that, to us, is very concerning because at the end of the day, we want the numbers to go down the same for everybody. We're trying to prevent crashes and save lives. There are certain restrictions that younger teens have. Does it make sense to extend those restrictions to older teens? Yeah, we definitely think that there's some work that needs to be done in terms of how we we license and how we educate teen drivers, not just the younger teens, but older teens. So across the nation, all 50 states have a licensing system called graduated driver's licensing, or GDL for short. Well, in all states, with the exception of New Jersey and Maryland, teens age out of that system. So if you're a teen and you are 18 years of age and you haven't yet gotten a driver's license, you would not have to go through this GDL process, if you will, if you were not in New Jersey or, say, Maryland. And we think that's problematic because here's what we know. Graduated driver's licensing requires teens to go through three steps, a permit phase where they practice drive with supervision, a intermediate license phase where they can drive without that supervision, but there are restrictions, and those restrictions address things that cause risk for teens. And then the final stage is full licensure. So, as I said, with the exception of New Jersey and Maryland, all states 
basically say if you're a teen and you are 18 years of age and you haven't gotten a license yet and you just want to start now, you are not required to go through that process. And we know that process works. So we'd like to see all states look at raising their GDL requirements to cover all teen drivers so that they're getting the benefits of this proven program. Different states have different rules about teen drivers. What's the youngest that you can become a licensed driver in the U.S.? Well, we have states that actually start the licensing process as early as 14. That would be the permit phase where they're out there practicing with supervision. We have some states then that allow teens to get a license at 15. And I think people would probably be kind of surprised by that. But I think the key here is that it's really about the brain development that's problematic here. We know that that brain is not fully developed yet, and so teens don't assess risk the same way. So we've got some states starting this early, and we know that brain is not necessarily focused on risk. We also have a variety of restrictions. I mean, critical restrictions that we know work for teens are limiting the number of passengers they can have in the car, getting them off the road late at night, those late night, early morning hours when we know they're tired and they shouldn't be driving and it's risky for everybody. There's also usually requirements that everybody wear seatbelts and also restrictions on the use of electronic devices, cell phones and, and those kinds of things. Those things are critical and they're important and they vary from state to state, but we need these things to apply to those older teen drivers as well as those younger teen drivers when they're first learning to drive. I've been behind cars that are clearly labeled driving school cars, and there are adults learning to drive, and they're actually pretty bad drivers at that point. What about the idea of extending this initial period for all new drivers? I think it's a great point. And again, I'll go back to the two states that require all teen drivers to go through the process of graduated driver's licensing. New Jersey and Maryland do require all new drivers to adhere to some of the provisions of their graduated driver's license. Here in New Jersey, if you're 21 or older and you're just learning to drive, you have to get a learner's permit. You have to hold it for at least three months. And you have to hold what we call that provisional or intermediate license for six months. The restrictions aren't as stringent for the adult drivers, but they are still in place because we recognize they're inexperienced and they're learning. Maryland's rookie driver program requires everybody, regardless of age, to complete driver education and training. 30 hours of classroom training and six hours minimum of behind-the-wheel training. So you could be 16 or you could be 66. And if you're just starting out for the first time in Maryland, you have to get that driver education and training. So we've got a couple of states that are kind of the benchmarks that everybody else needs to shoot for. And we are encouraging traffic safety professionals in those other states as well as elected officials and advocates to come together, look at your graduated driver's license laws and say, hey, we can do better, and we should, and let's see where we go from here. We're talking with Pam Fisher, a consultant who is joining us on behalf of the Governor's Highway Safety Association. Pam, if our listeners want to do something to perhaps encourage this change with teen driving rules, what would you suggest? Is there anything the average person can do? Absolutely. I think they should reach out to their elected official, whoever represents them in their state legislature, and say, hey, I'm concerned about this issue. I understand that, you know, there's new research showing that older teens are not benefiting from our teen licensing laws in our state, and I think you should be taking a look at this. So we need that constituent outreach 
to those elected officials. That often makes a difference. And the more constituents that ring those telephones in those elected officials' offices, the better. The other thing I think that's really important, and I send this message to parents, but I think we all have a role to play in this, is I would really encourage parents to get educated about your respective state's graduated driver's license law. Whether your teen is in the system now or will be starting in the system, you need to know how it works because it's a parent program. Yeah, it's state law, but it's a program that gives you minimum standards that you want to exceed to really help your teen because this is one of the riskiest things your child is going to do in his or her lifetime. Learn to drive and then drive independently. And again, knowing that there's an experience coupled with that brain development issue, we need to be involved. So we have to stay engaged. And honestly, teens want us to stay involved. You know, even though you may say, oh, my child's off in college or whatever, they're still looking for guidance. And we're still their number one mentor, teacher, coach when it comes to that behind the wheel activity. Is there any difference in your study between gender as far as safer driving for one or the other? Absolutely. We do find that male teen drivers are probably less risk-averse than their female counterparts. About 70% of the fatal crashes involve male teen drivers versus female. Those young males are more likely to speed. They're less likely to wear their seatbelt, and they're more likely to drive impaired. On the other side of it, though, we know that female teens are more likely to drive distracted. They're more likely to be on their cell phones. They're keeping in touch, and we need them not to be doing that when they're driving. So I think for parents, they need to understand that you have to be actively engaged, males or females. But if you have a young man in your house, recognize that they do have a higher crash risk. It's just the way it works. But you need to talk to both males and females and continue to reinforce the rules and monitor and just be there and guide them. It's really, really important. Any advice for parents whose kids are younger than the driving age to kind of maybe prep them? Absolutely. I think the number one thing is, remember, you are their role model. Your kids are watching everything you do when you're behind the wheel. So if you speed, if you get aggravated with other drivers, if you're on your cell phone, if you don't buckle up, they're watching you. So be mindful of that and be a good role model. Really important. Pam Fisher, consultants, joining us on behalf of the Governor's Highway Safety Association. Pam, thank you so much for uh, giving us this time today. Thank you, and I remind everybody to be safe out there. Next, is it just a teenage crush or an actual case of stalking? We talk to a top expert coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 